Welcome to the Grappling Discourse Podcast. I'm your host, Matt Scaff. Today, I want to do a quick episode on microdosing. Yeah, this is going to be a quick episode. I'm not going to be talking about microdosing drugs. Uh, I just want to talk about the actual concept of microdosing and how important it is to utilize this strategy in trying to accomplish goals in your everyday life. So many people just completely mismanage their time and think they do not have enough time to get important things that they need to do done because they think they need the full dose. Most people typically think of a workout as being an hour and a half or a yoga session being an hour and a half or a study session. There's just so many things that people think that they need the full dose every single day to see results. And that's just not true. Now, one of my favorite things to do is to just find a uh, a podcast that I vibe with and just binge it. Listen to it every single day for about an hour. And over the past month, that podcast has been Marcus Bell's podcast. I've heard Mark Bell multiple times on Rogan. I've watched a couple of his documentaries. I've always liked his messages. So when I found his podcast, um, I think I'd listened to it a couple times before, but it just kind of re-entered my mind. And I don't know, I just have really been enjoying listening to his content. He's got a great podcast that deals with everything from diet to strength and conditioning to performance. And he has a lot of really interesting guests on. But episode in particular that really struck me that I found really interesting was he had a, I should say he had the strength and conditioning coach for the Phoenix Suns, the NBA basketball team on, and they were talking about, you know, just weightlifting strategies, particularly with these professional NBA players that go through these grueling NBA seasons. If you don't really follow the NBA, you might not be aware of just how grueling basketball particularly at that level is I mean these guys are playing 82 games in a season and they're doing some of the most hard work like that your body can do and jumping and sprinting like jumping force wise is one of the hardest things for your body to do for your knees for your ankles just the amount of force of jumping and landing over and over and over again especially considering most of these guys are over 200 pounds and they're 6'6 six, six to 7'2 it's just very very hard on their bodies and so having a really good strength and conditioning workout that is going to focus on joint health while also keeping those stabilizing muscles really strong is very important, but it's so difficult because these guys are so broken down. I mean, they're traveling. They're doing back-to-back days of games. I mean, they're having a game in Phoenix one night, and the next night they're traveling up to Golden State and facing the Warriors, and it's just brutal. Just a brutal, brutal schedule. And some of these guys, especially the elite of the elite, like the LeBron James and the Chris Pauls, they're also on the Olympic team. And so when that comes around or they have these international games, they're playing those games over the summer, and it's just a full-time schedule. LeBron James famously says that he spends over a million dollars a year on his body. And that's allowed him to play at such a high level up until the age of 37. I mean, his season this year has been absolutely remarkable for what he's been able to do. He's basically had the best, uh, one of the best seasons of his career, which is saying a lot for LeBron. I mean, he's one of the five greatest players of all time. 
and he did things at 37 that nobody else has been able to do. It looks like he's going to be able to play, much like Tom Brady, well into his 40s. But I was listening to this Phoenix Suns coach talk, and they were talking about the, the brutal grind of an NBA season and how do you get these guys proper workouts? How do you not overtrain them? How do you work around rest days and you know what does this look like now the phoenix suns are the best team in the western conference they're one of the the three or four best teams in the nba last season they i mean they had a remarkable run so i mean these are the elite of the elite in the nba these guys i mean you got chris paul deandre aden and devin booker who are all stars and the trainer was talking about this concept of microdosing how important it is for him to utilize this this concept to get his players into shape and how to keep them strong and conditioned during the season. Because if they're just doing basketball during the season, while they're obviously going to, you know, be, be conditioned in a way that they're going to be able to, you know, run up and down the core and they're going to be able to, you know, work laterally side to side to play defense and then they're going to be jumping. But their bodies are going to break down, and injury concern is huge, especially guys that play big minutes. And so they have to work out those stabilizer muscles, those muscles that are going to protect the knees, the hips, the shoulders. He was talking a lot about shoulder health, which I thought was interesting. I just never thought about that in basketball, but there are a lot of guys that get uh, shoulder injuries due to just how much the arms are over the head in basketball, whether they're shooting or they're reaching up to grab a rebound or they're making a pass like an overhead pass it's uh it's really they spend a lot of time with their arms above their head which is a vulnerable position for the shoulders and it was really interesting again listening to this guy talk about how he uses microdosing to help these guys stay in shape and perform their best on the court so he said typically on a game day that um, he's like, like traditionally in the past, a lot of guys, what they would do is, is they would have, let's say they did a back-to-back game. So they had a game in Phoenix and they went up to Golden State and then they'd have an off day on the third day. Well, a lot of trainers on the off day would then do like an hour, hour and a half workout. But he said this was all wrong because then they don't truly have a rest day. So what he likes to do is work out on the game days. And that might sound crazy, but listening to him talk about it, it, it really was genius. So he said that most people, again, think about working out that full dose of a workout's an hour, hour and a half, two hours, especially for a professional athlete. I mean, you're thinking hour and a half, two hours. But what he's doing is 10, 15, 20-minute session max. And the three workouts are going to look completely different throughout the day. So they have three workouts on a uh, game day. The first workout is more like a kind of like a basic strength, like a hypertrophy where they're doing, you know, 10 to 12 reps. They're, they're getting some movement in, nothing heavy. Um, and then the second workout is going to be on the court where they're using bands and they're going through more, you know, body weight type movements. Maybe they're getting into some lunges, some, some like stretching, uh, like strengthening through stretches, that type of thing. And then after the game is what I found was most fascinating. So the third workout would be kind of an all-out push like whatever they have left energy wise after the game they would do this kind of all-out push maybe it'd be um, like a really heavy squat uh, like a box squat or you know whatever it was they, they would kind of go all out for 10 minutes and then be done then they would eat they would recover and the next day 
they would kind of look and listen to their bodies. And if it, you know, needed to be kind of bushed down to two workouts, they would do that. And then whenever it was an off day, they would have a, a just take it completely off. So he's like, look, we're not working out on the off day. I'm going to take, you know, all that energy. Like if you're already having a game that day, well, we might as well utilize and just go all out that day. And then on your recovery day, I want you to 100% recover. Now, why I find this interesting is because I think a lot of guys, they just still struggle to stretch, strength and condition outside of jiu-jitsu. They just cannot find the time. They're like, look, I'm committed to jiu-jitsu. How many every nights a week you're going? Maybe two, three, four times. And that's the time that, you know, look, it's either going to be working out in your mind. You're like, I'm either going to jiu-jitsu or I'm going to work out. But I can't do both. And what you should start thinking about is how you can microdose uh, workouts or stretching routines or studying tape or whatever it is, whatever area you want to improve upon, how you can microdose that with jujitsu. It's something that I, I've been doing a lot more recently, and this is before I'd heard the term microdosing, is working out, doing 15, 20, 25-minute workouts before training doing 15 minutes after training of stretching just 15 minutes you know body's already warmed up i'm dripping sweat body's feeling real loose and just stretching and making that a huge part of your routine because you're already at jujitsu right so why not just okay you've done your five rounds you're tired why not just max out five minutes of uh, burpee tabata you know just do a burpee tabata Luckily, at our gym, we've got an assault bike now. So why not just jump on there and do a 2010 Tabata, then you're done. Get that max effort out of it. And I think you'll be shocked in the long term how much better your cardio and how much better your strength gets by just using this tactic. You're going to find also you're not as sore as you think you'd be. Because when you do that full dose of a workout and you're going, you know, supersetting your chest and you're hitting your bench and your flies and then you're doing your overhead presses, where you're doing your squat and leg extensions, you're doing all these things, these compound lifts mixed in again with, with supersets, and you're hitting six exercises for a body part, like, yeah, you're gonna, it's gonna, you're going to find your body breaks down. But if you can just microdose whatever you want to work, so if you want to work that full body, you do some you know, burpees where you, you know, you're, you're, you're going down, you're doing your push-up, you're coming up, you're exploding, jumping, and you do 20-10 of that, you do one set, boom. You, know, you just hit a full-body workout, plus you've already got the conditioning and all the stuff you did at jiu-jitsu, which is working your muscles in a completely different way. So I think that if you guys you know, listen to that and, and just take that term microdosing, think you can use it in so many different areas you know whether it is with mushrooms or lsd which i've never done but i I know people that swear you know they have phenomenal experiences just microdosing mushrooms microdosing stretching microdosing studying you don't need to do the full dose of something and sometimes it's better to microdose and find ways to microdose something positive to get really positive benefits in your life. Particularly, you're going to see in the long term how much this strategy benefits your life. There are no excuses. There really is not an excuse. There, to me, are minimum, there should be minimum standards to being human. Like you should be able to dead hang for 30 seconds. 
you should be able to do a lunge. You should be able to squat. You should be able to go run a mile. And look, not everybody's going to be running the Boston Marathon at you know at record pace. Very, very few people are ever going to get to that point, right? But all of us, all of us can get in shape, and all of us can do our best to you know maintain reasonable standards for ourselves. Until next time, guys. I hope you guys. Find a way to utilize this and just think on that concept, microdose, microdose studying, microdose everything. Peace.